means of communicating 3,000 years of habit in terms of diapering of babies. Well, please tell me more. Because radio reaches people, including those hard-to-get young people. Radio goes where they go and talks their language, recognizing the importance of contemporary sound. And the sounds are instantly recognizable as belonging to the in-groups currently on top of the charts. CITR, 101.9 FM, Vancouver. It's wild.
Let's get away, you say, find a better place. Miles and miles away from the city's race. Look around for someone lying in the sunshine, marking time. Hear the sighs, close your eyes, Good afternoon. It is 13 minutes after 6 p.m. on this very warm Thursday afternoon in July. Hi, you're listening to 101.9 FM CITR in Vancouver. I'm your host, Darren. This is the show, Stereoscopic Readout, bringing you bits and pieces of memorabilia and ephemera from the 1960s, psychedelic garage rock, freak beats, uh, progressive, this, that, and everything else through to today. Uh, that's my mandate and I'm sticking to it. Um, yeah, that last thing you heard was the Pentangle, a British folk band, uh, of the late sixties, somewhat legendary. They did spawn two excellent, excellent acoustic guitarists, uh, Bert Jansch and John Renburn, uh, Jackie McShee on vocals, Terry Cox, I believe on drums and Danny Thompson on bass. Uh, if my memory's failed me, somebody will probably call in and um, correct me. And the first two songs I played this evening are kind of a memorial. I started off with the Yardbirds, uh, their classic Shapes of Things. 
and the Jeff Beck group with Beck's Bolero, uh, both songs featuring Jeff Beck on guitar. Uh, and the Jeff Beck group track, Beck's Bolero, that also included Jimmy Page on 12-string guitar and um, Keith Moon from The Who on drums and I believe Nicky Hopkins on piano. Nicky Hopkins kind of like was one of those... Uh, it was probably the most in-demand session piano player around that time. He played with the Stones uh, quite a bit. Um, he did a lot of session work and uh, it was recorded in 1967. It was actually the B-side to Jeff Beck's uh, lead-off solo single, Hi-Ho Silver Lining, but uh, Keith Moon had to sort of appear incognito because he was still under contractual obligation to, I think it was track records at that point that The Who was signed to. Um, Now, where am I going with this? Uh, Jeff Beck, uh, being a major influence and much beloved by my late friend Scotty Hall. Um, Now, who's Scotty Hall, you may ask? Scotty, if you've ever been to, if you had ever been to uh, Neptune Records, uh, either when it was at Fraser and 41st or after they moved to Maine um, into the old exotic world uh, location. Uh, I don't know, I can't remember the exact cross street, but it's in the neighborhood of 16th. It's in that area with the boutiques like uh, Welcome Home Eugene Chu. But uh, yeah, um, I kind of lost touch with the uh, with Neptune. I usually go in maybe once a year or once every couple of years now. Um, I used to go in all the time, like probably once or twice a week when they were at 41st and Fraser because I also lived in that neighborhood. And uh, yeah, I got to talking quite a bit with Scotty, uh, made kind of a friendship with him. Uh, we ended up, uh, it, it, it happened one time that uh, we ended up in London around the same time. So we made plans to meet up for a beer in Soho and hang out and chat and that. And uh, yeah, kind of when they moved and I stopped showing up at the shop, we sort of fell out of touch, and I was quite shocked over the weekend to uh, show up and find out that uh, uh, Scotty died of esophageal cancer last year, which, um, yeah, it was just uh, came out of nowhere at me. Um, and so I kind of let that, you know, take that to heart, people. You know, if there's people that you're close, I mean, not even if you're close to, but, you know, that you're friendly with and you haven't talked to them in a while, for God's sake, you know, keep in touch with them or else... One day you're going to find out that they've passed on and you're going to feel like a fucking idiot like I do right now. Um, so that's some Jeff Beck for you there, Scotty. Uh, Godspeed. And next time I'm in London, I'll, I'll have a pint of London pride for you. Uh, carrying right along. Um, it's been a hectic day, hasn't it? I don't know how your day's been going, but uh, um, on the way home from work, I broke down. My car broke down. It died on uh, Night Street, and not the not any sort of reasonably calm part of Night Street. It died out in Richmond, where the highway, you know, the east-west connector leads onto Night Street. And uh, but uh, BCAA to the rescue, Dale. Uh, I owe you one, buddy, man. Uh, Dale from BCA was in. The, was there? Bang! Twenty minutes got me sorted out and here i am this is the show that you can't keep down and uh with that in mind i'm going to continue with some john's children A chick who starts to make the petals and flowers She starts to joke and then provoke the dance of the hours It's all down to a midsummer night scene It's all down to a six-period dream Oh, 
Marijuana, my naughty baby, imported Miss Vane. I was as pleased as punch whenever I smelt you, but I won't ever celebrate your mess. Marijuana, get out of my mind. You are replaced by my psychedelic sound. Marijuana, your birthplace, marijuana, are you a native of Lebanon, or Morocco, or maybe Turkey, I can't stand you any longer.
On Saturday, July 21st, Out on Screen presents Queerwood, Lights, Camera, Auction. Take a walk down the pink carpet and come celebrate the launch of the 19th annual Vancouver Queer Film Festival. An evening of quickie flicks, queer burlesque, and a silent auction with over $35,000 worth of fabulous items. Proceeds go to support the annual Vancouver Queer Film Festival, Out in School's anti-homophobia program, and the newly created Queer History Project. Tickets available at tickets-tonight.ca, Little Sisters Book and Art Emporium, and Black Dog Video. Queerwood, Lights, Camera, Auction, Saturday, July 21st at the Van City Theatre, 1181 Seymour Street.
let's make rock and roll. First, we need a drummer to give us the beat. Now we need an electric bass guitar to boom out the low notes. Ah, here you go, yeah. Then we need a regular electric guitar playing some simple chords. Third time's the charm every Tuesday morning, 9.30 to 11.30 a.m., right here on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. And we are back. It's 6.33. Um, I'm Darren. You're listening to Stereoscopic Readout. And that was, uh, was quite a lengthy set of music I had there. Started from the top, we had John's Children, uh, the infamous John's Children. Yes, Mark Boland's first band with uh, Midsummer Night Scene. Uh, followed that with The Inmates from New Jersey. Um, I believe that was a, well, it was a demo, I believe, recorded in 66 or early 67. Uh, more than I have rec- recorded for Columbia Records, who picked up one song from their demo, which was not that one, and decided they had no commercial potential and let them go. Uh, so that that pops up from time to time on some of the Pebbles compilation. Um, I believe that one I have is twenty Pebbles 23, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, followed that with... Another notorious band, this time from the Netherlands, The Zips, with uh, Mary Juana. And uh, basically, the story with The Zips is that uh, they did like their drugs. And uh, Mary Juana originally had a whole lot of pro-marijuana lyrics in it, but the record label flipped out. And kind of being, I mean, it kind of seems quaint today when you're thinking about the the whole 420 culture. almost being pretty much mainstream but uh you know back in the day uh, you couldn't say things like marijuana so uh, you had to say make it into a girl's name Ooh, isn't that clever um and basically the original song had all these positive th- things to say about uh, taking drugs and uh the record company wouldn't put it out so they had to re-record it with all these anti uh thinly veiled anti-marijuana sort of lyrics to the song which i think is absolutely hysterical because it's it's such a bad song to begin with <laughs> Uh, and um, just in the same vein, the B-side of that single was called Benzie the Bass Player. See if you can spot the drug reference there. Uh, followed the Zips with Vancouver's own My Indole Ring with uh, Blue Wax. And uh, the last song I played there was, uh, it kind of ties into uh, my memorial for Scotty earlier from uh, Neptune. Uh, that was the Folklords with a song called Jennifer Lee. And uh, as I mentioned, I used to uh, meet up with Scotty at Neptune Records because he worked there. Um, also, he, he was also known for he, uh, playing guitar for 
seminal, well, I wouldn't say seminal, but um, kind of well-known Vancouver band from the 80s, Idle Eyes. Uh, you may remember the song Tokyo Rose. I know they had another hit, but I can't remember what it's called right now. But um, yeah, he was at uh, Neptune. Anyway, I went back to Neptune, uh, had the unfortunate experience of finding out that Scotty has passed on. But um, I did make some very, very good purchases this weekend. And one of them was this album by the Folklords, which has been re-released on my new favorite retro label, Pacemaker. Uh, they seem to be doing a really good job reissuing Canadian music from the 60s. I do have this. I've got uh, the Gaiety Records Story Part 2 on CD. Uh, I've got an Edmonton band called the 49th Parallel, which is also actually worth checking out. But the Folklords um, came out of, like, I mean, just I bought it based on the album cover. It's just total 1967, multiple exposure, paisley shirts, long hair, mustaches. It's It's got everything. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, in the liner notes, there's very little known about the band. Um, what we do know is that we had uh, Tom Martin on bass and vocals, Paul Seep or Sape on guitar and vocals, and Martha Johnson, not Martha Johnson from Martha and the Muffins, somebody else, on auto harp and uh, vocals. And I think for this recording session, a one Craig Boswell plays drums. I think he was the son of the producer or the son of the studio owner. Anyway, not very much known about the uh, album, uh, recorded in 1967 or 68, and that's pretty much all I know. I don't even know where they were from other than they are Canadian, and they sound um, kind of idiosyncratic, but in a, in another way, kind of ahead of their time. I mean, think about how many kind of 80s indie bands you know, sound like. It's kind of like Ian and Sylvia meet the Jesus and Mary chain in a way. Um, so yeah, it kind of, you know, as if it wasn't for the fact that I'd be surprised if anybody outside of Ontario knew who the hell they are, um, you might cite them as an influence on the Reed brothers and Bobby Gillespie and company. Anyway, I'm going to actually continue with some more folklords. Uh, you heard Jennifer Lee. This is a, an album version of what I understand was their first single called 42nd River. Here we go. Yeah. 
Skip Spence from his um, 
a somewhat legendary solo album, or uh, with War and Peace. And uh, yeah, or was recorded after Spence got uh, was released from a mental institution in New York City after apparently attacking one of the other members of Moby Grape, which was the band for whom he drummed uh, with an axe one night. Um, he was basically given an option to record a solo album. Um, went down to Nashville, basically, I think, used the. Uh, Advance, that's the word I'm looking for. Use the advance, I think, to buy a motorcycle, drove down to Nashville, recorded the album, played all the instruments himself, and then uh, kind of disappeared for a bit, um, only to resurface uh, in the mid-90s, shortly before his death, for a few interviews. Um, before that, two songs by a relatively, ob- well, an almost completely obscure Canadian band called The Folklords that was started with 42nd River and completed with Pardon Me, Judas. Um, obviously, two different singers on each of those two tracks, uh, but I can't tell who's who because I just don't know. Uh, but if you if you like that kind of thing, uh, it is the album is called Release the Sunshine. It is available on Pacemaker Records. Anyway, so carrying right along, another good find I made at Neptune uh, this Sunday, or is it Saturday? Saturday or Sunday? I was down there. Uh, I had a bit of a request last week for some Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck, and I purchased the album or the uh, CD, the CD that they have out. Um, I believe it's, oh, it's on EMI. Or it was released in 1969 on EMI. It's called Homegrown Stuff. And, um, yeah, it's vintage Vancouver. I wouldn't exactly call it psychedelic, but it certainly is uh, that post-psych kind of return to roots sound that was starting to get prevalent. I mean, you had, after, um, you know, after the collectors and the United Empire Loyalists and the painted ship, um, you kind of had that kind of a heavier rock blues sound uh, evidenced by, you know, Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck, Papa Bear's Medicine Show, you had Spring, you had Hydroelectric Streetcar. Uh, so anyway, here we go with some Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck. This is one glass for wine. And uh, got a bit of a treat sandwiched in between the two duck songs for you. See if you can spot what it is. Okay, I know that's totally the wrong song. I don't know what's up with these CD players. They seem to, uh, without warning, go into sleep mode, and that's what happened. I don't know why it wasn't playing. Um, Anyway, that was, of course, Buffalo Springfield with Broken Arrow, but that was not on the agenda for today. Here is what I'd originally planned. Ah. 
Willow, Willow wept, for he had no other chance. Some men say in willows lies man's answer to his trance. Green, soft, long, bend for you, finger limbs, back to earth. You hold a stillness all your own. takes you along, then it shares you a space, where green is the key, where you become me, and forever inside is around.
eternity. I'm out of 
the Charlatans, uh, the one from San Francisco, not the one from Manchester with Alabama bound. Um, so yeah, from the top, that was Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck with One Glass for Wine from their reissued uh, album. The reissued album Homegrown Stuff, which was originally released on EMI in 1969, wedged a little bit of Vancouver's own legendary poet... Uh, anarcho poet uh, Bill Bissett um, he's also got some stuff out too uh, he's had a release in 1967 called Awake in the Red Desert Bill Bissett and the Mandan Massacre um, featuring a couple of people that I do recognize one of which was Greg Simpson um, on drums and the other of which was Ross Barrett of Mock Duck on keyboards and doing some tape loop thingies in there. Um, that was Fires in the Temple. Um, yeah, going to probably play a little bit more of that. Not not today, but as the show progresses over the coming days, weeks, and months uh, because it's important. It's important local stuff. It gives you a, f- a flavor of everything that was Vancouver in 1967 because it wasn't just groovy music and, you know, people trying to freak out the man, as it were. Um, no, we actually really did have a very vibrant counterculture in Vancouver, one that kind of actually outdid, uh, from what I understand, a lot of um, a lot of the other similar counterculture movements uh, around North America because... You know, we had the music scene, and we had uh, the 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 poetry scene was like really focused, and the whole political scene was really focused, and you know, the alternative press scene was very focused, and they were, but they didn't just sort of exist in these kind of vacuums. They all intermingled. They they cross pollinated. I mean, you would have these happenings. Uh, speaking of Greg Simpson, Greg Simpson started the sound gallery at the corner of Bayswater and Fourth, um, that beautiful old shop front which housed um, Black Swan Records, which has now been torn down by some asshole to, who, wants, who wants to make a buck and build some condos and, you know, call it the Black Swan, like that makes up for the loss of the freaking building. But, um, yeah, I mean, all these multimedia happenings. It wasn't just like music does one thing and art does another. It was all intermingled. It was, it was, it was, you know, it was vibrant. It was happening. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was something that a lot of other sort of quote unquote hippie ghettos around North America, like, you know, I mean, San Francisco had its thing going and New York's East village had its thing going. But if you look at like, what say what was happening in Los Angeles, there was just the music, you know, um, or there was like the scenesters hanging out, scenesters of like the radio and the film industry hanging out with the musicians. But there wasn't really that whole underground press, you know, political grassroots movements to do various things as there was in San Francisco or Vancouver. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, that's something that we don't get a lot of credit for. And I think that's something we should really sort of, you know, look at and feel proud about because, um you know, look at how many movements there were in North America or around Europe and, you know, how many of them had what we had. Anyway, I'm digressing. Uh, we're into the home stretch of the show, which is Stereoscopic Readout. I am your host, Darren. I'm here till 7.30. Then it's Bleak with Exquisite Corpse, followed at 9 by Live from Thunderbird or Radio Hell. But I still have you for about 17 minutes and change. And... Um, yeah, if you're interested, there is, and I know I always harp on this subject, but there is a podcast of the show available on www.citr.ca. Go to the podcast 
menu and select stereoscopic readouts. Um, you know, feedback on the show would please me greatly. I'm such a whore for attention. Um, anyway, I'm going to lead you out with a cover of Love. This is the Blues Incorporated from Ohio with 7 and 7 is.
Exquisite Corpse with DJ Lee. Oh. Thursday evening, 7.30 to 9. Radio way outside the margins. Some even make up their own song.